blood that Jesus shed for me. Way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from, from
morning we are here because that blood was shed for us. Thank you, Lord. As your word is communicated, I pray that your force, your power, Holy Ghost, will follow. And as I preach, Holy Spirit, you do the teaching and encourage your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, I want us to look at the topic of the Lord's Supper. Amen. The title for this morning's message is The Lord's Supper. Examine yourself and eat. Shall we all say together, examine yourself and eat. Praise the Lord. I want us to open the scriptures and read from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 28. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verses 23 to 28. 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. 
we project it. Let's read. Go. For I received from the Lord what I also passed unto you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 25. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 26. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 27. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. 28. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Amen. So this morning, you know, once a month, as part of our worship, we gather at the Lord's table and partake in the Lord's Supper. And once in a while, I think we need to remind ourselves as to why we do it. So we are going to look at the very practical aspects of the Lord's Supper so that we can all have a full understanding, or at least at the very minimum, remind ourselves as to why we believers seemingly practice or practice this seemingly ritual. So I will take the opportunity to walk us through Scripture and make sure that this Lord's Supper, this communion that we come here to do, or partake in every month, uh, actually does make sense to us. Amen. Who oh, I said amen. amen. Throughout the Bible, God uses pictures and words to speak to us. And one of the examples, or one of the... Um, one of the examples that come in mind in the Bible is in the book of Genesis chapter 9, verse 11. In Genesis, there was a time when life on earth was violent, life on earth was corrupt, and God brought judgment on the whole world. But because God is a merciful God, even in his judgment, we know that he remembered one family, had mercy on one family called Noah. The Spirit of God moved Noah to build an ark. We know the story. And whilst the rain poured, 
Noah and his family and a few people that, a few elements and objects and living things that God had chosen, they were saved. But what I want to bring your mind to this morning, beloved of God, is after that incident, God decided to give Noah and his family a picture, a sign, when you read Genesis 9, 11, Bible says, I established my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. These are marvelous words that God in his graciousness, in his mercy, told Noah that Noah I know that the earth has been destroyed by a flood. But there is going to come a time that I will never destroy this earth by a flood anymore. God did not only verbally say this to Noah, but he gave him a sign. He gave him a picture. Bible says that he set a rainbow in the sky to be a visual seal of that promise. So that every time we see the rainbow, we are supposed to remember that covenant, that promise that God will not destroy the earth with flood. God did not only issue that promise not only established that covenant visually, I mean verbally, but he made sure that he gave the people a sign so that when you see the sign, you remember the promise. Hallelujah. So that means that every time we see a rainbow, we need to admire the beauty, but scripture also says that it's a seal, it is a sign that reminds us of the mercies of God. Praise the Lord. So, this morning, I just want you to have this in your minds, that the very important things in Scripture, the real crucial things in the Bible that God takes so seriously, He not only gives us a verbal oration about those, but He also gives us a sign. He also works in a way to give us a picture so that we don't forget these signs or these covenants. So in the same way we know that God has given us two wonderful pictures that are seals of his promise through Jesus Christ. I just want you to stick with me patiently today even as we go through these scriptures. And the person working the slides, I think you are late. That slide is way behind. God gave us two pictures. And when it comes to understanding the redemptive power of Jesus Christ and understanding how he sustains us, how he guides our life so that we end up in a place where he has called us, he gave two signs. We'll discover that very soon. And these two signs are the signs of baptism 
and the sign of the Lord's Supper. Remember, he did not only tell Noah that, hey, Noah, I promise you I'm not going to destroy the earth with water. But he said, this is a sign. When you see this, when you visually see it, remember. Because we tend to forget things very easily. When it comes to baptism, when it comes to baptism, in fact, these two images that I'm going to talk about is the only two images that is relevant to our faith. That is baptism and the Lord's Supper. God wants us to remember these things. Because the whole Christian faith is summed up in these two images. What happened with Noah, it was just a sign for God to teach us that he only always wants us to remember certain critical things, certain critical covenants and promises that he gives his people. So with baptism, we all visually see that somebody is immersed in water, taking a bath, almost like taking a bath. And then with the Lord's Supper, we all visually see that a meal is being served. So that when somebody is put under water, we understand that, oh, this is a sign telling us that Jesus has washed away our sins. So anytime somebody is baptized, the baptism, the act of baptism itself is not the act that Jesus washes our sin, but it is a sign. It identifies us with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When the person is being submerged in the water, we see it and we remember the burial of Jesus Christ. When the person comes out of the water, we see it and we remember the resurrection of Jesus. He makes sure that the things that are critical, that we need understanding, we are able to see so that we don't remember. In the same way with the communion, Jesus did not just instruct us that take the communion, but he decided to act it so that people will see, people will see that he is having a meal with his disciples. In fact, when you think about it critically, the whole Christian life, our faith hinges on these two things, baptism or Jesus washing our sins away. And then the meal, Jesus feeding us spiritually and strengthening us so that we can embark on this journey of life. And those two things, he makes sure that he not only tells us, but he depicts it with pictures so that we can see. Baptism is a visible seal of God's promise to the minds and the hearts of a believer. And communion is a visible seal of God, God's son, Jesus Christ, whose body was broken for us and whose blood was shed for us. So that like the rainbow, the rainbow itself does not give us the mercy of God, but when we see it, it reminds us the baptism itself it's not responsible of actually, it doesn't have the power to actually remove our sins. Jesus removed the sins, but as we get baptized, we identify with what he did for us and we concede and we never forget. In the same way, the Lord's Supper does the same thing. Beloved of God, the question that I want to ask is that 
How many times as we live our lives, how many times do we constantly ponder over the mercies of God? Do we constantly ponder over the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? How many times do we seal that in our minds constantly? Many times we forget. That is why it is critical that he shows us these signs. Hallelujah. So this morning, one of the ordinances is what is sitting before us. The Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper. It is the Lord's Supper because it is for God. He is the one that offers it. it it's not the church's supper. This is God's initiative to offer it to us. That is why it's called the Lord's Supper. Hallelujah. So this morning, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, let us see what is going on and our minds go back to remember the things that Christ did for us. And most importantly, understand that it is not the pastor inviting you. It is God who is offering it to you for you to remember exactly what Christ did for us on the cross. And hopefully as we do it monthly, as you get a picture in your mind, in your mind monthly, your mind will always go back and comprehend and appreciate what he did for us. Praise the Lord. Now, I said that we want to look at the practical aspect of this picture, the practical aspect of this ordinance. Anytime we come to the Lord's Supper, anytime we respond to the offer of the Lord to come to the table, there are five things that I want us to discuss and make sure that every single person hearing the sound of my voice understand these five things and just run your mind through these five things and do them. And I believe that once we do that, you will benefit more practically when we come to the Lord's Supper. The first thing is that any time, any time you come to the Lord's Supper, any time you, you respond to that invitation offered by God, you need to look back, number one. Hallelujah. You need to look back. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 says that, For I received from the Lord what I also passed to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took bread. He took bread. Let us put that picture in our minds. He took bread. And he broke it. And he offered it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The first thing that we need to do when we come to the table is to look back. Remember his sacrifice and think about what he did for you on the cross. There is a significance of the bread. The bread reminds us of the body of Jesus Christ. Because he said that, take this body, take this bread, and as you take it, 
Remember that it is my body. The bread reminds us of the body of Christ that was broken for us. Now, do you understand that? Jesus did not start with the wine. He started with the body, with the bread. So there's a distinction. The bread was passed first, then later the cup. Paul speaks separately about this because there's a, there's a beautiful illustration or there's a beautiful understanding that we need to comprehend. He first gave the bread, signifying that it is the body of Christ. Number one, it tells us that Jesus lived in that body here on earth and he lived a righteous life. This man did not commit any sin. He did not commit any mistake. The life that we were expected to live in the body that we cannot, that we couldn't, he lived that life for us. So when we come to the table, we need to remember, we need to look back and just give an account of all our inadequacies, all our faults, all the areas in our lives that we fall so short of. And at the same time, remember that because we couldn't do it, Jesus did it for us and imputed it in us. We couldn't live a completely righteous life. Why do I even use completely? We could not live righteous life because of our depraved nature. We would not be able to come into the presence of God. But Paul is saying, Jesus offered the bread first to remind us that first, he lived here on this earth in this body that he possessed and he lived a sinless life. He laid down the perfect life of obedience so that we who lacked that perfection, we will be able to say that because he did it, he gave us the power to be able to do the same. This is important, beloved of God, because anytime we come to the Lord's table, I don't know about you, but most of us feel unworthy. In fact, it is believed that on the, at the end of every month or the beginning of every month, when we have communion services, people deliberately don't come to church because they feel unworthy. They feel that in the course of the month, the week, they have done things that they are unworthy to come to the presence of God. Paul said, examine yourself and eat. When you come and you feel unworthy, think about this Christ who lived a righteous life and imputed that righteousness in you. And that is why we are able to do it. So he shows us that this is my body. This is the bread. We see the picture. He said, this is my body. Take it and eat it. When you eat it, remember that it represents the body of Christ. Not only that was beaten and recklessly tortured on the cross, but also the life that he lived, that we couldn't live that life. He lived it for us. Hallelujah. So that when the enemy stands to accuse you right now as you come to the table, when the enemy stands to accuse you that this is what you use your body to do, what you tell your spirit man and tell the enemy is that but Christ lived that perfect life for me. 
And he went to the cross and he imputed that righteousness in him. For as long as I say, Jehovah, forgive me of my sins, that blood is potent enough to wipe that sin away that I can come to his presence and come and eat. He lived that life in the body for us. So after he lived that life, and then he was crucified. So the cup represents the blood. Blood, when it remains in the veins, gives life. But the moment the blood is shed, it means it comes out of the vein. When he took the cup and said, this is my blood, it signifies the blood that was shed. The blood, his death is what he's telling us. His body, he lived. But this is the blood, the blood that was shed. This is the death. And this blood represents the blood. This wine represents the blood that came out of my veins when I was tortured and the blood oozed out. That blood gives you power. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So these two acts, the life of God given to us, and then the atoning blood shed for us on Calvary. These two things is a picture that God is giving us this morning. A life of perfect obedience, a life of righteousness, a life that we could not live. He lived that life for us in his body. He shed his blood so that it would atone us for the sins that we were able, we, we committed. The things that separated us from God's love, his blood brought us together. That his father, the father, God will look at the blood shed for us and say that I know, yes, my son did so many things this week. My daughter did so many things this week. But that blood, when I look at that blood, when I remember my son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life and the blood that he shed on Calvary, when I look at these two things, that blood that blotted away his sins, her sins, when I look at it on the cross, Bible says the handwriting of ordinances against us was wiped away clean. When God looks at these two things, he makes you worthy to come and partake of the communion table. He died a sacrificial death for you. And that is the blood that came out. And he lived a righteous life on your behalf. And that is the righteousness is imputed in us. So anytime we come to the communion table, let us look back and remember these two things. I want you to stand up just for one minute, two minutes, and then just be grateful to God for the blood that was shed for you and then the body that was broken for you on the cross, the body that was able to make you live the righteous life, the blood that was shed on Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we look back, as you look back, I want you to present yourself before the Lord and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm able to come before your presence. Depraved as I was because of your body and because of the blood shed on Calvary, you have forgiven me my sins. Just lift a prayer and thank him. We are grateful, God. We are grateful, Jehovah. Shabariakababa. In Jesus' name, shall we assume our seats? Whenever we come to the Lord's Supper, not only do we look back, 
But I encourage you also to look in. Look in. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 27 and 28, So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. 28 said, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink of the cup. If there is a time for self-examination, this is the time. Examine yourself. Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself the real questions and honest questions to see whether you actually believe in this. And on a topic of looking in, I want you to just ask yourself this question. Am I a believer? Do I believe in what's going on this morning? If the answer is yes, then you are good. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then you are good. But if the answer is no, then you also need to ask yourself, am I willing to believe in Christ now? Because it is God who is offering this to us. It is the Lord's Supper, not a man's supper. So if you don't believe in him, if you don't subscribe to what, what his precepts are, then you're not qualified to come near the Lord's table. But if you believe in him, if you accepted Jesus Christ, then you are invited. But if you're not, then ask yourself, are you willing to believe? Christ is inviting you to believe. Are you here this morning that you come in and out, but you really truly don't believe in this Jesus Christ? Look in. Look in. Yes, you might have doubts. Yes, you might have unresolved conflicts. Yes, you might have, you might have certain things happening in your life that have, has, have redrawn you far away from God, but he's given you that invitation this morning. Look in. If you look inside yourself, and you know that you don't believe in this Jesus Christ, then it's time to make it right. It's time to make it right. I want us just to pause and just close your eyes for a minute and ask yourself this question. Please, genuinely, do you believe in this? Do you believe in the salvation? If you do, then that's good. But if you don't, are you willing to believe right now? Are you willing to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? If you repent, he will forgive you of your sins. The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is Lord, he's the Son of God and he died for you. If you believe that he came to die for your sins, you will be saved. So as you remain quiet, just remember, look back, but also look in. Thank you, Lord. Father, if there's anyone here who does not believe, I pray that Holy Ghost, you convict them and cause them, oh God, by the end of this service, give their lives to you, Lord give their lives to you because there's coming a time that you appear in glory and you take those who have believed in you and those who have not. There is a place prepared for them for total and permanent damnation. 
and you give us power to become your children. This morning, if there's anybody in the house who needs this, Holy Ghost, touch their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So not only do we look back or do we look in when we come to the Lord's table, but I encourage you to also look up. Look up. Verse 24 says that, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus acted this out in the presence of the disciples. And today we are doing the same in, in your presence. In the presence of the congregation, he is also offering us to come and eat. But beloved of God, Jesus is no longer physically present with us like he was with the disciples. Bible says that he's seated at the right hand side of the Father, interceding for us. So he's no longer here, but he's inviting us to a meal. He's inviting us to a, a, a divine restaurant where he is offering us his body and he's offering us his blood as the wine. But he's up. Look up. There are so many things on the menu that as you come this morning, maybe for you, you need healing. Maybe for you, you need a certain critical issue in your life that needs to be resolved. There, there's a plethora of items on the menu. As you come, look up. Look up. Look up. If there is a sin that you struggle with, as you come, look up. And that blood will give you the power. See, that's why we Pentecostals, we believe that, yes, the blood does not physically do the thing we're talking about. But by faith, as we come and remember these things and we look up, we have the ability and we have the capacity and we have the privilege to ask him anything that we need. What is being served today? Today, not only do we have the blood and the body, but you see, this is an embodiment of the mercy of God, an embodiment of the power of God an embodiment of the things that God is able to do as he presides upstairs in heaven interceding for you if there's anything on the menu that you want him to do for you. It is a time also to look up and ask him. There's nothing wrong with asking. Is it healing? Is it a renewal of your faith? Is it a weakness? The Bible says his strength is made perfect in that weakness. Is it a marriage that is faltering, that is, that is disintegrating? It's on a menu. He is able to do it exceedingly more abundantly than we can think or even imagine it. What do you want to look up and ask him to do for you? Do you want faith? Do you want the ability to pray? Do you want closeness to him? What is on the menu that you want to ascribe to him? Don't only look back on what he did for us on Calvary, but also look in, make sure that you're ready for him. And then also look up. There's a lot of things, a lot of blessings that he has stored up for you and I, beloved of God. So I want to give you the opportunity to just order. Order what you want. The promise of God is many Order what you want. You've come. He is inviting you to the table. He's offering you something. Just order. Petition. Jehovah, I need this. Jehovah, help me with this. Jehovah, when I struggle, give me the strength. 
May your blood cleanse. May your blood heal. What do you have that you want to look up for? Just one minute. I want you to close your eyes and then ask him what it is that bothers you. The renewal of your mind. Closeness with you, with him. Commitment to the things of God. Help to overcome the weakness of the flesh. Is there a particular sin that you struggle with? Only you know how you struggle with these things. Bring it up to him. Jehovah, may your blood, may they encounter your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to encourage you to also look around as you come to dine with the Lord this morning. The first, look back. What was the second we talked about? Look in. And what was the third? Look up. I also want to encourage you to look around. Verse 24. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body that I broke for you, which is for you. The you is plural. You don't come to the Lord's Supper just by yourself. Even if it is only one person, you have someone who stands in a stead of Christ to offer it. So there will be even two people. So this is a pluralistic, this is a fellowship. Just look around. You cannot have communion on your own, beloved of God. It is a Lord's family that has gathered together. And the joy of the, of the family coming together with the Lord presiding and giving us what he has. Is fellowship. When you come to the Lord's table, it is also fellowship. Hallelujah. So look around. I want to encourage you, just look around for a minute. Look around. Look around. In just one minute, commit your brother or sister in prayer right now. Release the blessings of God upon your brother or sister. Father, I just want to thank you. As I look around, oh God, I see the people that you have bought with a price. Bless them. As we come to the table, it's a family affair. Bless them. Give them joy. The joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You look around. If there's anyone here who has done something really bad, against you. This is the time to forgive. As a matter of fact, you don't have any right to harbor any grudges because the Son of God himself forgave us our sins. So as you look around, if there is anyone that you have in your heart that you have something against, release that person and release yourself. Ask God to forgive you. Even as you forgive, 
that person. We don't only look around. But my last point is that we need to look forward. Hallelujah. We look back. We look in. We look up. We look around. And we look forward. Bible says in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 26 says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hallelujah. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We look forward. We look forward until he comes. We look forward understanding that we will enter into glory with him when he comes. Hallelujah. The disciples were standing and they were looking up and Jesus got caught up in the clouds. I believe the angels scooped him up. And as he was going, they were standing transfixed on that picture. And then the angel showed up and said, this Jesus that you, look, you see going up, he's going to come the same way as you see him going up. Once a month at least, let us remember that he came to die for us. He shed his blood for us. He lived a righteous life as an example for us, for us that we could not live that righteous life. Let us remind ourselves and look and examine our lives and make sure that our life is in concert with what he espouses. Not only that, but he gives us the opportunity to look up and bring before him the areas of our lives that we need spiritual upliftment, things that we need that we can do for ourselves. We need to be able to look up and ask him. That is why we can say that if we take, once we take this blood and we eat of this bread, Oh, yes, they are physical elements, but our faith tells us that through that, you are able to even answer our prayers. Let me get closer to you, Jehovah. But not only that, let's look around and look at family members, the family of God that are around us and bear one another up in prayer. Hold one another up in your hearts in prayer, forgiving one another. And then once all is done, Let's look forward and long for his second coming, his appearing. Hallelujah. This morning, he showed Noah that picture of the rainbow so that the covenant he gave him would already always be in his mind. And that we understand and remember the mercies of God. He didn't stop there when it comes to the things that are really important. In scripture, he shows us with a picture, baptism. We see it. So we remember communion, washing, dying for us and washing our sins with his blood. He shows us. So this morning, as we take the cup, I mean, we take the bread and the cup at the same time, simultaneously, let us look back. Let us look within inside ourselves. Let us look up. Let's look around and let us yearn his second coming. 
Nobody leaves this place without running your spirit through these five stages and enjoying your Christianity. We serve a God who is loving. Never think that if you are a Christian, you cannot approach the communion table. Once you ask for forgiveness, the Lord opens the door, opens the way for you to come and eat. Paul said, examine yourself and eat. Shall we pray? I want you to reflect on the message this morning. I wanted to make it very practical. So as you reflect on the message, as you practicalize it, customize it for yourself, I don't know where you are at in your Christian walk. Maybe you are active. Maybe you go right on step and in step with Christ. Maybe there's no issues when it comes to your spiritual walk. Praise God. But I'm also talking to someone here who feels withdrawn from God, who finds it difficult to do the things of God, who does not understand what's going on. Maybe you're not even a Christian. I give you the opportunity to make it right with God. One more time. Shaka.